Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Welcome everybody to This One Thing. Welcome to a new episode. This is Melina Puente and I'm joined with Crystal Wright. And I just wanted to say welcome back, Crystal. Here we are again. We did it. We came back to record. <laughs> and I have missed uh, digging deep into the word with you and I'm so glad we have an opportunity to to go over Psalm 62, and that our focus today is on verse 8. Yeah, I'm going to read Psalm 62, verse 8. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. I started reading this psalm about a week ago and just rereading and rereading. I wasn't necessarily digging deep and trying to like study and pick it apart. Just the general tone of the psalm was really uplifting to me, and I was finding a lot of peace and comfort in in this psalm. And I would say the overarching theme of it, it's, it's written by David, and it sounds like he wrote the words of the psalm, and then it says it was for the director of music. So he handed it off, I'm assuming, to be put to music and to be sung as a worship, a worship song, basically. But the big theme of it is just this repetitive trust and confidence in finding complete rest and peace in God who is our rock and who is our fortress. And just restating that over and over, regardless of what enemies may be coming um, to try to defeat you, what, you know, how vulnerable you may be feeling. There's just this almost like this quiet trust that Mm. David's expressing, which really stood out to me because it's not really a psalm where he's asking anything of God. He's not saying, Lord, please help me because I'm trying to trust you. You know, these things are happening. Can you help me? It's more of just this, no, I'm just trusting in who God is. And so I just enjoyed reading over that for the past week. And then verse eight, which is our verse for the podcast, just kept jumping out to me, (laughs) the trust in him at all times, you people pour out your hearts to him for God is our refuge. I'm actually going to start at the bottom of the verse and work my way backwards almost. Uh, That last line there says, for God is our refuge. And that word refuge always resonates with me because of, partly because of the work I've done. I've literally worked in shelters and refuges for (laughs) a long time. We don't even need to say how many years because it doesn't matter. A long time. (laughs) And so one of the things that's always interesting to me is no matter how beautiful or welcoming or safe that you try to make a shelter or a refuge, nobody comes there unless they have to. Right. It's not the type of place that people are like, oh, on vacation, I want to go to a refuge. You know, it's you literally only check yourself into a shelter because you have no other options. And yeah. so I was just meditating on that and what that means and what that even means spiritually of God is our refuge. And I think the truth that really stood out to me is the fact that it's defining a type of relationship with God that says, I have no other options. Yeah. I have if we had somewhere else safe to go, if we had somewhere else that was going to meet our needs, if we had somewhere else where we were going to be welcomed in, we often would choose that. And but the idea that God is our refuge, it's he's it. There's no other options for a safe place, for a place of provision, for a place of peace. And so just kind of 
meditating on that truth and what that means then in our relationship with God, which then takes me to up one line more, pour out your hearts to him. And I thought, well, in many ways, we pour out our hearts to the place that we feel safe. Mm -hmm. And as humans, it's super easy for us, I think, to vent our feelings or share our opinion or, you know, say something, oh, I feel this way. And, but those are really surface types of expressions of what's really going on with us and what we're really thinking and feeling. And those are easy to do, but to actually pour out our hearts with another person, whether it's a friend, a spouse, um, someone we really trust, it's required to get past the superficial thoughts and feelings and just running our mouths about something into, okay, but what's really going on? Am I, am I fearful? Am I disappointed? Am I really struggling to have faith? You know, what is it that's really going on on a deeper level? And I think that, um, that's what the invitation is. It's, we first have to say there's no refuge besides God. Amen. And once we get to that place though, then the invitation is now pour out your heart to him because he wants all of what's going on with you. We don't have to fake it. We don't have to pretend like, well, to trust God means I'm never fearful or disappointed. It's trust him enough to even express the reality of what's going on and what you're thinking and feeling. And that's how we stay in the place of trusting him as our refuge is not faking it, but genuinely, Lord, I have no one else Mm -hmm. to express this to who truly understands. I'm going to give you all of my thoughts, all of my feelings and trust you with them. And then that first line, trust in him at all times. It's kind of that progression. He's our refuge. We can pour out our hearts to him and we can continue to trust him in all times. Yes, Crystal, that is awesome. My truth is going to line up a lot with what you got. The key thing that stood out to me in light of God trusting that he's my refuge, the truth is I've got to live a surrendered life. Mm -hmm. I've got to surrender as you said, that pouring out my heart, that trust. If I don't trust that he's the only one who can help me, if I don't pour out my heart to him and believe for who he is. A little farther down in the chapter, it talks about he is all power. All power belongs to him and unfailing love is his. And it's interesting that it's the one part in the psalm I feel like David's talking just to God. Yeah. And he's like, you're this. (laughs) And it's in that recognizing, if he's that refuge, if he's all power and all love for me, then my life of surrender is I am able to trust him in all those circumstances. And I am able to pour out my heart just to him because he's the one I know who can take care of any situation. And he lists a handful in the psalm about people lying about him, wanting to destroy him, knock him off the tower, you know, the high place Mm -hmm. he's in. And all of us can say there's things that come against us constantly. And so being in that constant state of surrender, I know it's hard because I think I can do stuff. Mm -hmm. But the truth is a life lived in surrender allows God to be my only refuge. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting how that verse starts. Trust in him at all times, you people. Yeah. <laughs> in my mind, I'm picturing like a pointing finger, like, hey, you people, <laughs> trust, trust in God at all times. But I'm curious if there was anything that stood out to you as you're reflecting on that idea of he's addressing, obviously, not just himself, but hey, other people, you yes. also need to be doing this. Yeah. One of the things that really stood out for me is 
there's accountability in that. There's, it's not just him sitting somewhere saying this. It's like, oh, my people, listen, people, <laughs> there's this opportunity to declare this quiet waiting that he's practiced and experienced God as his refuge. And the accountability, uh, for me, what kind of struck me is the truth. I'm like, ooh, Melina, accountability. Can I declare Psalm 8 to somebody? Could I say, hey, Crystal, trust in the Lord. Pour out your heart to him. He's your refuge. Come on. <laughs> and in a way that is said in much love, but being able to say it knowing I, I've experienced it. And I want you to also. And I think it's a, it's a reverse as well. So not only do I believe the accountability is important for me as a choice, but also to receive it. And being able to have someone say, hey, Melina, it looks like you're looking for refuge in other places. It yeah. looks like you're not keeping God as that refuge place for yourself. And the mutual friend you and I have had an opportunity to share some things with me. And one of those was making food my refuge and just like, just let it go. And it was said with so much love and so much care, but it was just that simple word. Yeah, It's like, just let go of food. You know, God healed my eating disorder like 25 plus years ago, but still wanting to find emotional support mm-hmm. sometimes with that and realizing I haven't let that completely go. I mean, that's just a tangible expression yeah. of someone being able to point this very thing out. I'm the O people in that part. And realizing if I don't have that kind of accountability in my life as a choice for us, creating those relationships that allow someone to speak truth so that there is accountability and we can all get to that place where we can declare it and still know we're loved enough when people share it with us as well. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's probably endless opportunities to Mm. apply this to our lives honestly and it's the challenge is for us is probably we can choose to either keep it as a really nice concept oh I trust in the Lord or we can choose to literally try to let that transform on a day-to-day how we're facing situations patterns that we have in our lives how we cope how we decision make I mean it really seems endless of what Mm -hmm. does it look like to actually let God be the refuge, pour out our hearts to him. Um, I think I've, I've had opportunity even this past week, and because I've been reading through this chapter, thankfully it was on my mind, but it's yes. like, it doesn't even have to be this big life-altering situation always. Sometimes it's just these little subtle moments throughout yes. the day of like, am I going to try to find refuge in somebody else's opinion of me, or am I just going to trust the Lord is my only true refuge, the only one who can give my soul rest, the only one who can give me peace, and go to him and just pour out my heart to him. Amen. Just say, this this day was kind of hard. I felt sort of judged, Lord. I felt misunderstood. I felt yes. all these things, but I'm giving it to you because I know you are the only salvation. You're the only place of refuge and peace. And so I had a couple really practical ways that I got to experience that this last week. I you know, had somebody very disappointed and upset and a decision I had to make. I had a significant part of my job that I needed to have a meeting about of some changes that could be happening. And just, um, am I going to go into that meeting with my expectations that the people listening to me are going to want to really care and save me and come up with solutions? Or am I going to go into that meeting saying, Mm -hmm. 
God, your will be done. You're my refuge, whatever the outcome of any of this is. You know, I don't put my hope in man or myself. Definitely try not to put my hope in myself because I have a (laughs) good way of not coming through for myself at times. So just like really like, okay, Lord, you're all powerful and you love me. I'm going to put my hope in you and I'm going to talk to you about it and pour out my heart to you every step of the way because I think as humans – we are created to try to find refuge somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think we're also created to pour out our hearts and we're going to do it somewhere. Yes. Um, we're going to seek that out in some form. And a lot of us have and tried it in different things, different relationships, accomplishments, our own abilities, codependency. Like the list is kind of endless of ways that we can get this all twisted up in yeah. our, hu- our humanness. And so I feel like it's just kind of an invitation to – Stop striving and spinning yourself out and just come to the refuge and trust yourself with him. Amen. I agree. I feel like in you wanting to use this chapter and highlight this particular verse. Um, so when I jumped in it, and I'm so grateful because I think I had a chance truly in the last week, like you, where those moments were. I read the email and then I'm thinking, how do I fix this? And then I was like, wow, no, Melina, you, you don't. You don't need to. Yeah. You can actually surrender this. Yeah. Who are you trusting right now? In that quiet space, who are we pouring out the things that we think we need to fix? Yeah. Also, verse 11, God has spoken plainly, and I have heard it many times. And I think in that, when he declares God's power and his unfailing love, that's where David is expressing all the times he's had to practice that quiet waiting, where he, like you said earlier, he just says what God is. Yeah. He doesn't need to ask. He's just that quiet waiting place of trusting he's going to take care of me. And I love the example of this where it's not a a list of here's what's broken. Please fix it. Mm -hmm. It's just a declaration of who God is in his life and how he's experienced him. And he's asking us to come on board. (laughs) Come on board on this. (laughs) Yeah. Which really that's what Knowing that you're really loved, that's what trust looks like. It doesn't have a condition on it of like, Lord, I'm going to ask you, like, please do A, B, C, D, because that will let me know that you really love me and I can trust you. It's no, I already know that I'm really loved. So I can just come to you saying, yeah, things aren't great. And then let God take it from there. Let him, (laughs) like, fill in the dots. Let him, you know, he... He knows. And so I think that pouring out of our hearts is it's almost this maturity in relationship where we get past the transactional part with God, mm. where like, Lord, I need this. I'll do this just into a deeper. This is what I'm thinking, feeling. And it's I think we experience that in our human relationships, too. Those like relationships that really do go deep, that we have that trust and we know we're loved, even if um we're really different from the other person or we don't agree on everything, but there's this like ability to truly share the real you and to pour out your heart. And I think that's a lot of what David is describing in this Psalm of, you know, I'm past the point of just transactions with God of like, Oh, if you'll save my life, then I'll do this. It's more of, no, I just know who you are (laughs) and I already know I'm loved. And so I'm just going to keep finding my hope in that and, yeah, I think that's kind of the invitation we have to and going uh, going a bit deeper with the Lord. And I think in the my I'll just relate to my experience. I 
I feel like in Christian church or culture, sometimes there's almost this false idea that if you were really trusting God, then you wouldn't complain or you wouldn't lay out all of your negative emotions to him or feelings. You would just say, oh no, those I can't have those if I'm going to trust God. Mm. Where the reality is to trust God with those things is deep trust yeah. versus a superficial trust that's like, okay, well, the right answer is to trust God. And so let's pretend like I don't have all these things stirring up in my heart that are questions or doubts or fears or disappointments. And I don't know if anybody listening can relate to that, but I think it's just letting go of that more narrow or shallow view of how God does actually want to have relationship with us because true trust is pouring out your heart, the good, the bad, the ugly, and then leaving it in God's hands, leaving it at his feet, leaving it in his care. Mm -hmm. And the example, David, shares is that quiet waiting, quietly waiting. Mm -hmm. You have to create the space to even have the conversations Mm -hmm. with him and just that quietly waiting for that opportunity to build the trust, to experience that refuge with such a deep intimacy. So all you people, (laughs) all us people, (laughs) let's trust in the Lord. Let's, let's, Let's take the chance in a way. Maybe there's a refuge or a coping behavior that's coming to your mind right now, even that we can just say, you know what, for this next week, yeah, I'm just going to ditch that one. And I'm just going to try to join the crowd of people that are saying, nope, I've got nothing but God. Let's, let's do that. Let's be all in. And maybe that's like a really practical way someone listening to can that's good. Yeah. Just try to immerse themselves in this verse and try it out. See if yes. God does is able to be your peace and your refuge. Amen, Crystal. Do you want to pray for us? Sure. Happy to pray. (laughs) Lord, I just want to declare like David did that our souls find our hope and our rest in you alone. Truly, it is you who are our rock, our refuge, our fortress. All of our confidence comes from the fact that you are, as he describes, all powerful and full of love. And that's the God that we need that's what we need in our lives. We need your power and your strength. You are not only at work in this world, you are completely sovereign over our lives and over this world. And um, you have the ability to act and to move and to do it in a way that's actually good and right and healing. And so we trust you with the power and we trust you with the love, Lord, that you are full of love and loving kindness towards us. You love us. You know us by name. There's not a moment of our day that is unknown to you. And so we come to you um, imperfect and filled up sometimes with a lot of uh, struggles and doubts and fears, but we come to you knowing that you love us and you're inviting us in. You're inviting us to let you be our refuge and you're, you're ready to take all of what our hearts have to pour out to you. So I just thank you for that. I just ask that this would continue to be real and experienced in Melina and Mai's life, Lord, and that you would also just touch anybody else who's listening who really needs to experience this in a tangible way this next week. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.